Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the show. My guest today is quite a unique human being, as you're going to find out and enjoy for the next hour. He was introduced to me by another listener of the show, which I'm always super grateful for. If there are people that you think I would have a good conversation with, please do let me know. As Abdullah explains to us, he was part of a bike race where during that bike race, quite an extreme bike race, where during that bike race, he saw something in the rider's eyes that he liked. He couldn't quite understand it. And he made a decision that he wanted to search for that thing. Sounds pretty deep for an introduction. He is deep on a number of levels. He's entertaining, he's deep, and he's done some incredible things, which I have the ultimate respect for, and I'm sure you will too. This is episode number 789 of the Inner Fight Podcast with Abdullah Zainab. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show, folks, and welcome to Abdullah, mate, all the way from Australia. How's it going? Mate, it's um, a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. I love it. We, we were chatting before and you're so casual and now you've put on this uh, nice formal voice. You know what? Well, I, like I, like I like to start off. If I start off too raw, if I start off too raw, like, yeah, like, 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 like that, then the podcast usually goes, my language just get, my language gets worse fast. So I try and start off formal and then sl- slowly break the viewer into the, uh, the common language here. Well, mate, I, let's Get, get things kicked <laughs> off. I, I've done a little introduction, but you in the last sort of four years, mate, have mm. done insane things on a bicycle. Where did all of this start? All right. I'm going to get into it. <laughs> Basically, um, the cycling specifically started for me, well, the, the long distance cycling started for me. Well, I was in based in Victoria in Melbourne at the time and there was a race that was going from Perth to Sydney um, on bike. So it was like five and a half thousand Ks nonstop cycling from Perth to Sydney. At this time, this was in 2017. I had no idea about this type of cycling. I had, um, I was commuting to work as a construction laborer, like four or five Ks on my single speed. So I kind of like enjoyed riding a bike and I was lifting weights at the time. So I like training. Yeah. And I, I was filming stuff at the time and my friend was doing the race and he said to me, oh, would you come film it and make a documentary? And I was like, well, it sounds pretty crazy. Like, I'm keen. I was like, you sort out the car, you sort out everything and I'll come film it, which was, it was crazy in itself, man, because it was like three, two and a half weeks on the road sleeping <laughs> in this, we were sleeping in this SUV, the chairs didn't even recline. So it was like this, wow. like every night. But <laughs> key point, I filmed that race and I was just, I was, I was breathtaking by it, man. I was just outstanded by it. And it really, uh, it caught my attention. And mm. I was like, you know what? It just had everything I liked. It had, they were eating anything they wanted. They were riding all day. And I, I just remember saying um, to my partner at the time, I was like, I've got to try this thing. Really? And then the following year, that race was, um, it was called the Indian Pacific Wheel Race. Yeah, and it was it was a tragic race because the two guys who were filming the guy who was coming second actually got hit by a car and died. Um, oh my God. Yeah, I know it was it was crazy, man. His name was Mike Cole, so he passed away at the end of that. And then the following year, I was like, well, I have to do it now because I I had that thought I was going to do it. Yeah. So I followed through and I came and did it. But like literally, like a month before um, the race was on, 
the whole race got cancelled because it was going through this big court case. But anyway, a whole bunch of us still rocked up. We had GPS trackers, and that was my first introduction to long-distance uh, road racing. What What was it that – I mean, it, it is an epic adventure. You spend like two and a half weeks following one of these journeys, mate. But what was it that resonated with you and sort of got you excited and was like, I need uh, to do this myself? I, there was – like on the surface level, it just seemed really appealing. Like they were just like binge – eating and riding all day and i thought nice sunsets nice sunrises i thought this is kind of cool you know what i mean but i think it was more so on a deeper level it was just the attitude i was like they the two guys we were following the top two and they just seemed so composed and i was very fascinated by how someone can be so composed sleeping two hours a night some some nights they weren't sleeping the composure was out of this world so i was like I need to try that. Like I was just kind of like, I want to, I want to be like that. I want to be in that position and see if I act like that. And that's really what pulled me in. Were you, had you sort of been exploring that side of it? Cause that's quite a, that's quite a full on mindset to recognize straight away. Like people's composure, people's sense of being despite mm. doing this super hard challenge. Is that something that you'd been exploring for yourself, mate? Yeah, well, definitely. I was definitely interested in, well, I had came from a weightlifting background, weight training background, which I had done pretty religiously since I was, at that point, maybe six or seven years. And I was, I was fully obsessed with weight training mm-hmm. since probably about high school. So right. I was, you know, like I used to weigh scoops of protein on the plane. Like I would have a scale and weigh out <laughs> scoops of... Amazing. Like I was, like I didn't miss it when, when, you know, like eating every two hours and all this kind of like, stuff was kind of like the cultural norm that was me for years on end so i was obsessed man but then i kind of fell out of i kind of fell out of love with lifting weights and it kind of spent it's kind of like a typical kind of identity crisis i love lifting weights i identified with lifting weights then i stopped liking lifting weights and it just sent me into a spiral i was like who am i what am i doing made me really sad for quite a long time and so i was already kind of in was introduced to the fuckery of my own mind mm-hmm. at a young age. And I was like, I need to find a way to alleviate um, my mental suffering. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of in that space anyway, in my own head, just dealing with my own mind. So when I saw their composure and I knew that that's a state of mind that I was like, I want to be able to deal with that level of stress and be yeah. fine. That's kind of what got me excited. That's a pretty unique and rare mindset for i guess for someone at at that time like younger and like you're lots of people are just coming from i i just see mate a lot of people coming at it from a completely different angle you're probably one of the first people that i've spoken to that that is what got them in that's why i didn't even know this like this is this is a great show already and we're only five minutes in because it's like you know most people are are, are things like you said like yeah the binge eating is great and sunrise and sunset it's a great journey but to identify this composure and to realize mm. what an important aspect of performance it is. And obviously it's gone on to serve you in the other stuff you've done from the get-go is like, mm. it's, that's, that's really solid, mate. I'm not surprised mm. now that you've done all this crazy shit that you've done. It yeah. makes total sense. Yeah. It's, so it was my introduction to it, man. It was real cool. And I, I learned a lot from that race. I learned a lot watching the guys and then implemented yeah. what I learned from them. And then I just used that as a springboard and, just kind of fell in love with the just kind of science it's just been like a mental science experiment for me 
for the last five years, which has been exciting. So did you go home after that race and was it already in your mind, I'm going to do it in 2018, I'm going to ride my bike? I mean, that's it's basically a cross, like for those that are not, too familiar with the geography of Australia. It's the width of Australia, which to put it in some perspective takes, is it about five hours to fly? I think mate, right? Oh, more than that, man. More than that. Is it? Yeah. Oh, actually, I don't know. I think it's like four hours. It feels like it's four hours from Perth to Adelaide. And then another couple, it's like maybe six hours, six hours flight. So it's the same. If you're listening in Dubai, it's the same as going from Dubai to Europe. The the width of the <laughs> continent of, of Australia. So the question was, mate, if we go back to it, like, did you leave that race and immediately get a bike or change your fixie and start training for it? Or how was the journey to no, the start line? <laughs> Honestly, man, I was in, like, I was lifting weights. I wasn't in, the, like, cardiovascularly, I wasn't in great shape. I knew I had, an, I knew from, because I worked as a construction laborer, I knew yeah. that I could, my like just durability able to perform repetitive tasks all day i had that ability right. so I, I wasn't doubt like if someone said to me oh here's a broom i need you to sweep for 60 hours straight i'd be yeah. like fine I'm, I'm cool with that you right. want me to stack bricks all day i'll be on the jackhammer all day i can do that so i was kind of like i know and i at that time i had come from a past of really not being able to sleep properly um right. just because my mind was in all sorts of places so mm-hmm. i kind of had confidence in my lack of ability of to not sleep my ability mm-hmm. to do that. So I kind of didn't really, honestly, I trained 12 weeks. Right. I trained, which um, now would be a joke to me. If someone was like, I'm going to train 12 weeks, I'd be like, man, you're kind of missing out on the whole, the whole yeah. kind of per- purpose and journey of it is to actually do the training. Yeah. But back then I was like, oh yeah, 12 weeks, whatever, do 12 weeks. So I was overseas. And I was with my family over in the Middle East. We were doing all sorts of stuff. And then yeah. I came back, I got on my road bike, trained for 12 weeks. I adopted like a day on day off training program where I was like train, take a day off, train, take a day off, train, yeah. take a day off, which um, when you're trying to ride every day back to back, it's kind of, it's a silly training program to do. <laughs> and then I did that for 12 weeks and I was at the start line. How did you feel at the start line, mate? Because sometimes the, the reason I ask that is often we see someone do something we get carried away. We get shit tons of dopamine. We go through a little bit of training. Mm. Then we get on the start line and the task is in front of us. And we're like, holy shit, I need mm. now to get to the other side of Australia. What, what was going through your mind and body at, at the start? Oh, I think at the start of that first one, it was kind of cool because I'd be way more scared now. But I was kind of in that. I had seen it, but I hadn't experienced it. So I was kind of like ignorance was bliss for me where it's like I wasn't too scared. I wasn't too scared. The kind of fear hit me a bit later on maybe like 13 or 14 hours into that day. Um, I was about 400 Ks in and I called my friend and I said, I'm going to pull up and have a sleep. So I was just freaking out. Like I felt great and I was like, I could keep going, but I didn't have any experience at that time. I didn't know what I could handle. I didn't know if I was doing too much, too little. So I, I kind of got hit with a bit of fear later on that first day. But mostly mm-hmm. I was ignorant, man. I had no idea what I was about to go through. So um, yeah, w- what I probably experience now is way worse. Yeah. Way, just because it's like your body retains the f- f- trauma. So it's yeah. just you're getting overwhelmed the days before and it's just trying to simmer that down. But, yeah, ignorance was, was kind of nice back then. So you finish and 
you must feel pretty happy with yourself, mate. 12 weeks on a training program that you said doesn't really make much sense now. It did at the time, but yeah. it, it doesn't now. <laughs> Was What we generally see a lot of, especially in this long distance stuff, is people like, I need to go again. Was that one of your thoughts? Was it like, okay, what's next? Where where am I going next with this thing? Mm-hmm. I think someone suggested to me a race across America. It was called the Trans-America Bike Race. When yeah. I finished at the Sydney Opera House, someone was like, oh, yeah, this said something like, oh, can you imagine doing another 1,400Ks and double the amount of climbing? And I was yeah. like, I don't know what I said to him. Honestly, I forgot what I said to this person. I probably didn't say anything, but it stuck in my head. And then naturally I was like, oh, I could do way better. You know what I mean? I was like, I only trained for 12 weeks. I was, I, I was very no science in my training, no kind of method, just go ride eight hours, go ride six hours, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know what? I've got to see if I can improve. And I was fortunate enough that I did really, I, um, I did well on that first one. So I kind of had this, you know, this kind of puffed up sense where I was like, yeah, I'll take yeah. that on. I'll take that on. And yeah. then I set out to, I initially, I just wanted to go through the process again and improve what I, the process, the training and see um, where that would take me. And that's when I started training probably had a few months off and then not a few months, more than a few months off. I was still exercising, yeah. but um, I gave myself about a year. This time I gave myself a year to prepare to go across America. How do you mentally, mate, how do you, like, <laughs> I love how you say it so casually. Like, I just gave myself a year to get on a bike, like to prepare <laughs> across America. Like, I see a lot of people that wake up when they set a big goal like that, they wake up and it, it's all every day with like, holy shit, this big thing is coming. Did you have any of those feels? Like, how do you, how do you get, how did you break it up so that it didn't consume you in a negative way? Cause consuming us in a positive way is, is super mm. positive because it's, it's something to wake up for every day, but oh, sometimes you see it like in both directions. Big time. It was, um, it was, for the year, the great thing about training for, honestly, it was too long for me to train. But at the time, I kind of went the opposite way. I was like, I'm going to train for as long a year, which now I wouldn't do that. But yeah. then I was like, yeah. But that being said, it's not, it wasn't a year of just all out riding 30 hours a week or whatever. It was just a year where I just set my intention on this race. And every time I kind of kept it in my mind where mm. I was like, I'm getting ready for this race. But it was just basically being consistent. For the first six months, it was just like, okay, I'm going to go out and ride and be consistent every week. And that's it. It's not like I might have only been doing 10 hours of riding a week at the start. Right. For, for months on end, just backing up months on end, just doing consistent rides. Mm. And it wasn't something – it doesn't really take that much mental energy to go ride 10 hours a week, you know. It's kind of for, – for riding, it's not a lot of riding. Um, and it was just – it was pretty much just programming it um, and then – just trusting that and then just sticking with that, basically programming it, trusting it, trusting it, and then sticking with it. And then it, it only kind of becomes really mentally taxing towards the end when it's getting really close, you know, those last few months where it's just like it's getting closer and closer and you're becoming aware and you're just like, oh, my God, man, this is so soon. I need to get this ready. But giving yeah. yourself almost having adequate time and not having to rush things, uh, really made it a lot easier for me. Yeah, it's uh, it is interesting. I think, as you say, you you get closer. Like th- that composure, I see in quite a lot of people because it's just 
and and it's nice the way you said it, mate. You're just stacking weeks upon weeks, and that's actually mm. what what gets you to the start. But Big time. as the start gets closer, the enormity of the task sometimes seems to to grow a little bit because it becomes quite real in a way. You know, oh, yeah, massively. That, do you think you were ready going into it? Did you get to a point where you're like, I'm actually ready for this? Well, I was still. It was still very new process to me, and I hadn't. Like I would go on the internet and ultra, like, I feel like when you looked at the internet at that time about ultra, it wasn't as popular. Yeah. Like yeah. since I'd done that, a lot of new kind of things have hit the scene, like popular figures like David Goggins and all these kind of guys really have elevated. There's a lot of people who that have elevated the ultra scene. So now yeah. I'm fairly confident when I say that now, if you went on the internet and you typed in ultra running, ultra training program, ultra you could go on there and find thousands of accounts. If you typed on, typed in ultra, what ultra running taper, you find yeah. all these articles, what it's like to mentally go through a taper, what yeah. it's like to come off a big run, what it's like to go on a big ride. You'd find all that. But back then, I'm saying it like it's, I'm a dinosaur, but I felt like there wasn't as much, it wasn't as popular. Yeah. So a lot of it felt like you were, you know, you were trying all these new things out. So, I guess I was learning things. I was going through a process where things were happening and they were kind of now those things would be for me signs that I'm almost ready to take on this task. But it yeah. was kind of the first time I was going through them. Like, uh, so like, you know, having maybe like for me now, if I had a, a rough patch in training where I had maybe two or three weeks that were really difficult. Yeah. I would, and for me that now, if I got through that, I would see that as a sign that I'm almost ready to take on this journey. Right. Whereas back, back then it was just like, this is hard, man. I'm struggling to keep it, keep the dream alive here. Yeah. And um, so I didn't really, I hadn't gone through the process enough to know the signs and markers that were like, yeah. okay, now you're getting close to being as ready as you can. Yeah. to ride across the country i think that's kind of beautiful in a way though as well mate it's almost like this concept of a little bit of ignorance is bliss and when we have Huge. too much information it can guide us but it can also misguide us because we're we're always maybe looking for something and it, it, i agree 100 what what you're saying like 2022 2023 there's so much information now about mm. like or so much more information 2017 2018 there was very little very few people had done this kind of stuff you yeah know? definitely man definitely and i think i'm i'm big on that the information has a sweet spot once it gets too much it, i think it can take away from the, um it can really hinder you mentally do you find yourself deploying any strategies or like do you stay away from do you sort of research stuff and then go like, that's enough. I just want to crack on or like, do you limit social media just to try and just to try and keep, cause you, you seem like you're in this really nice sort of space with it, mate. Like, you know, enough, but enough's enough. And I'll just crack on over here. And by the yeah. way, these are my results and they're actually really good. So, you know, just chill out. <laughs> it's like, I'm a, I'm a fan of um, like, to me, I guess I'm a fan in the whole scheme of the cycling aspect of it. The yeah. mental component for me as just a, a fanboy of the sport or fanboy mm. of human nature, the mental aspect I'm way more of a fan of just personally yeah. as in what excites me. 
That's yeah. more interesting. So I'm way more um, disposed to being like, let me research that. Mm. Whereas the training aspect of it, I, I, as I've gone on, it's become more interesting to me. So I'm like, okay, what does, you know, what's a good training program? What's going to make a good training program? How much should I train? How little should I train? How much can I get away with? Yada, yada, yada. And then I'd investigate a little bit of that. Social media yeah. and that, and I don't really get too involved because it's, I just think that, yeah, I don't get too involved in the social media of it because I, I, that's never really benefited my writing too much, put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of research, man, but just enough to, to improve, I guess. <laughs> like I'm not right. on there on PubMed. I'm not there on PubMed like going, okay, let me find the most latest, you know, drinking 50 mils of beetroot juice is going to increase your, reduce yeah. your lactic acid by like 1% and then get on the French pine bark and then do this. Like I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't come across as one of those blokes at all, mate. I mean, and I think it's testament, like we've spoken pretty much from the get-go about the mental approach. Mm. And because you're in this like, positive mental space and not getting too stressed out about stuff and it's what you first saw in those riders you're able to do pretty incredible things and 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 i think that's that's one of the clearest messages from, from our chat so far is that Definitely. actually this is just you know okay you're an obsessive sort of athlete you did weightlifting and stuff but you're just a dude riding a bike you know yeah totally man and i think for me the clear message of it is that i've learned it's kind of like jumping ahead a bit, but it's really, it's everyone. Like I, I was really not, I was really not a special athlete. I really like, you wouldn't have looked at me and been like, wow, this guy's got great genetics. Yeah. You wouldn't have, you know, you wouldn't have looked at my calf and gone, no, he can produce power. Or, <laughs> you know, like the only thing I got was maybe a short bicep insert from my father, which made me right. have nice, nice arms. That's it. <laughs> you know, so for me, it was just really, honestly, it was just kind of un uncovering my own what was there the whole time i just didn't realize it and that's just and that's still an ongoing process for me um was, yeah. and, and endurance has really helped me just keep getting deeper and deeper um closer and closer to just the potential of what we are as human beings and endurance is something that is so across the board it's we're all, obviously we're all talented at that by proof of yeah. we're here you know yeah. it's not like if we had everyone in Dubai and say, oh, how many of you are going to be able to clean and jerk 160 kilos in your lifetime? It's kind of like mm, mm. maybe a percent. Like if with all the right training and everything, there's going to be a small few. But if you grabbed everyone and said, how many of you are going to be able to do an ultra marathon or a marathon? Everyone can, you know? So yeah, it's really just our natural talent. It's, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that in a little bit mm. because I think that's a really a, a super interesting point, mate. I want to jump back into the american race and i want to get to the end of it because mm. from my research you basically won it mm. is that right you're basically yeah. first. you crossed america six thousand eight hundred kilometers in 16 days nine hours and 56 minutes yeah. which is just nuts you must have you you must have got to the end and gone fuck i'm actually all right at this shit yeah like, definitely was... the fluke the fluke the fluke was um because you have this kind of thing in the back of your mind like it's just a fluke you know what i mean like i'm a fraud <laughs> it's like this, it's this human thing like you feel like you're constantly a fraud so yeah i was like oh no i've actually i guess it kind of was slowly cementing for me i was like i've got um i don't even know how to say it because when you're 
it's hard because it's you think to yourself, oh, I might have some capability. But when you're in the event, so many things have to go right just every day mm. that kind of feel outside of your control. So, you know, the writing is in your control, but not getting mechanicals, not getting hit by cars, not falling. Like you feel sick and you have all these things come up. And yeah, that's, it's weird because you kind of feel so grateful just to be able to do the journey that it kind of by default of that, you don't even look at your abilities like there's something special. You just go, oh, my God, thank Thank you, Lord, for allowing that to happen, you know? So, but in a way I was kind of going, oh, I think I'm onto something here with the training and the approach. And I felt like I had improved on my last um, run. Yeah. Did that give you, like, does your mind run away with you again, mate? Because like, what, what can you do next? You've just won this race. Like you've ridden across Australia, you've ridden across America. Like you're pretty much the king of the castle, mate. And you've only done literally two big races. Like, how do you stay so cool and composed? And and then mm. set the goal that you did for 2021. Well, honestly, I was kind of like, I knew I didn't want to do a long distance race because I I was like, I saw the pitfall of doing too many races too often because it was yeah. so taxing on the body. And it, I saw the trap of like, okay, you're doing well, so you have this natural pull. Yeah, I'm doing well. It, the everything about doing well feels good, you know. So I was like, but I was like, I'm just going to burn out. I'm not going to even make progress. So I was yeah. like, I need to take time off. And then somehow amidst that, I was like, well, I love riding. I really like doing 24 hour rides, like where right. just kind of, just kind of going out for one day, seeing how much you can ride. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'll do a 24 hour time trial. And then naturally I was like, oh, somehow amongst that, I was like, oh, I'll just do, I'll try the 24-hour world record. I don't know how I made that. I don't know how I came up with that, but I was like, if I'm going to do it, I'll do it properly. Yeah. I don't know how properly meant trying for the world record. (laughs) And and prior to that, my longest 24-hour ride was only like 600 kilometers or a bit over 600 kilometers. So it's not like I had the, I didn't really have the history of being able to do the distance that was required but that set me off on a two-year journey essentially riding around in a circle literally for two years like i I, like i i once checked the stats on my strava like we're talking like i have loops where i've done you know overweight like oh man like ten thousand k's or something on a four kilometer left-hand turn loop or wow ten thousand kilometers on a one kilometer trick track a one kilometer quick track where it's like you're going out four times a week, six hours, just on a one k loop. Got turning this, <laughs> dude. I used to go to my bike fitter, and he'd be like, "You need to start riding the other way, the other direction." Wow, because you're getting. He's like, "You're like, you're actually getting all these imbalances from continuously turning the right way." So I started going from the crit track, which was a, a right hand one k loop, to yeah. the road suburban one, which was a left hand, <laughs> just to balance it, <laughs> just to balance the body out. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. What yeah, is, so. t- tell us a little bit. Like, that's interesting as well, Mike. The races are, are, are the races, but I think, like you said, like part of the part of or a huge part and the life, really, because this is part of life. The life is the training. Like, oh, and if you time. do the if you do the training, the race is just, I mean, it's not a nice precision procession, 6,800K. Like, it's still bloody yeah. hard, but. Tell us about your training, a little like 
some stuff, mate, how you get excited for it. What, you know, that, I mean, that's mm. a, that's a great one wearing uh, out on one side of your body, but uh, talk to us about some of your training. That'll be I'll, I'll, I'll try and sum it up as briefly as I can, like just to the point of those, of those journeys from, so I had the 12 week, um, training program for Indian Pacific wheel race. Obviously I learned on that, that if you want to do multi-day events, you should, you should, it's not really about, you should probably train similar to it as in ride every day yeah. or try and back up kind of getting used to backing up rides i learned yeah. that from the first one because as soon as i went out there for on the second day my body was like an elephant i was completely inflamed because it, i literally didn't know how to ride every day and now i'm asking my body to ride 500 k's 400 k's every day wow. and i I used, I used to take two days off in between rides so i learned that next one i went to america Learning from that mistake, I was like, okay, I'll ride more frequently, um, ride more hours. That kind of worked out, but there was no real, there was no kind of structure to it, like in the sense of I wasn't doing any intervals. I wasn't kind of, I was just riding long. And eventually with the fatigue, I kind of sl- started powerful and ended up kind of slow and was able to go long, which was good for me at the time, but it wasn't what I would consider racing to the best of my ability. And then after that, I did the time trial training and that's when training really took on a new thing for me because for the first attempt, which was ended up, I ended up getting sick and it was a complete fiasco for about a year. I was training. I was just training hard all the time, man, like just in chronic pain. Like, and I had no metrics. I had no heart rate monitor. I had no power meter. I literally would get on the time trial bike and I would just ride at 38 K an hour. And it was just like, all right, today we're going to do that for six hours. And I'd be like paralyzed after. I couldn't even walk. And then I was like, fuck, how am I going to do this for 24 hours? So then the next time I'd be like, all right, now we're doing eight hours. And two months later, I'd keep training and then go do eight hours. And I'd be completely paralyzed again. And then 10 hours and I'd be cramping and just like, ah, fuck, like, this is crazy. Wow. But basically I was just training hard. Like, and by hard, it was completely subjective and on speed. And I would just mm-hmm. go out to this loop and be like, okay, today's – today's seven hours on this loop and i would just be like we're going to see if i can hold 38 k's an hour for seven hours and then i would just that's what i would do man and then some days it would work out other days it didn't i ended up getting injured on that training cycle one day i um had a lower back pain and then i went back to my house and um i got off the bike and i couldn't walk and i couldn't really walk for two weeks wow yeah man from just training like that Oh, man, I had times I was on the grass. I remember once I was on the grass, man, and I was in so much pain in my quads. They were literally felt like they were going to explode for half an hour. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but it was like, you know when you experience so much pain from training that you're just like, man, I've crossed the line where this is normal. This is going to get bad. Yeah. So key point, training too hard. Yeah. And I think the root of it for me was I was insecure and I was constantly every day trying to convince myself that I'm fit. And I had to prove it to myself every day. I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust it. I had no structure. I had no program. And that made me kind of worried. And I didn't know my abilities. So I was constantly trying to prove it to myself, which made me worse because I was just every day hammering myself. Once I messed up that first one, I, ha- I, I had a friend, a longtime friend, who, had, who was actually a really good cycling coach. And I said to him, I need your help. And he was like, okay, get a power meter, get a heart rate monitor which I actually had for the attempt to make it, um, you had to have a heart rate monitor and power meter to verify, but I failed anyway. 
oh, I, I missed the mark anyway. So I sent him the data and he was like, man, you're not like, that was a terrible, like the first four hours of the event, my heart rate was like 160 something wow. on a 24 hour event. Wow. It was 160 within like two minutes, man. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, you need to do some training. So basically we trained and in that training session in cycle, I learned how to train easy. Mm. I learned how to really just take it easy. And I learned how to actually really push it harder than I had pushed before, which you can imagine if you've never done that, you get huge gains. Yeah. So I got massive gains with that, but um, which was cool, man, because it made it easy for it made it better for me because a lot of the time it was just like, you need to learn how to chill out. Yeah. Like he'd be like, he'd be like, and I didn't, he, even on the time he was saying to me, man, you don't need to ride that hard, relax. Like you don't need to, like, I don't care. Like just chill out, like leave it for the day, which I believe that I still left it all in training. I had training sessions just on the power numbers where I'm like, I performed way worse on the actual day than I did in any of my training sessions with him. Cause I just kept on leaving it out in the field, but it was improving. But really it was just, you know, it was, there's nothing sexy about it. It was like, go out to the loop, ride five hours, six hours, seven hours, eight hours. Sometimes you go out for a 12-hour ride. Some days you go out for a 14-hour ride. Mm. Um, and, at, you know, relatively easy and then sometimes pushing it really hard. Mm. So it's kind of easy and hard. But the hardest thing for me was learning to be consistent. That was the hardest thing for me. That was the biggest hurdle I had to overcome was just like, instead of smashing yourself, it was like, just back it off and come back tomorrow. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, instead of doing eight hours, do five, come back tomorrow, come back tomorrow. And I, and I, <laughs> it was like a new concept for me. I was like, oh, this is like way more challenging to just constantly be coming out. But it's yeah. actually, yeah, it's an interesting point, mate, how we find that concept of, okay, the session's not going good. Just scrap it come back tomorrow and tomorrow don't repeat the session, but just go and ride easy for four or five hours. So mm. we find that so hard as human beings, whereas actually we, we're asking the body and the mind to do less, but it's hard for us to do. It's, it's fucking crazy, right? Uh, I think for a certain type, yeah, I think for athletes, like people who are athletes, nine times out of 10, if they've been training for a long time, it's harder for them to do less than it is to do more. 100%. And yeah. And it's hard when you're a beginner. If you're a beginner and you tell a beginner that in anything, they don't, you haven't crossed that stage yet. So you're yeah. kind of like just, just actually developing the habit is hard. Yeah. But once you've been going for a while, fit, relaxing, going easy, learning to take a step back, these become the hardest things, not smashing yourself. <laughs> you said something before, mate, and I'm not sure in what context you, you, you meant it, but you said... I was going hard because I was insecure and I had to prove it to myself, mm. I think you said. Tell mm. us a little bit about that. I think that's what it was. Tell us about that, mate. Well, I wasn't really fully aware of that. That's what I was doing at the time. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. But yeah. I think I was basically exactly that. I, it was deep down, I didn't feel, I had no idea if I was going to be able to do this. And all the training wasn't really pointing to any sort of kind of like, yeah, you're, you're on track. You're going to be able to do it. Every time I was hitting the numbers I needed to hit, it was ending up like with just me on the floor going, I've only ridden for eight hours. How am I going to do this three times over and faster? So yeah. I think that was putting a burden on me. Um, 
So every time I went out, I just couldn't resist the urge to just keep checking. I just kept checking. Can I do it? Can I do it? I just, it was just plaguing me and plaguing me. And um, I was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and more deteriorated, more deteriorated, more deteriorated. And um, it, it led to a bad place, man. So it was only after um, once I had more structure to the training yeah. and had a, I had a bit more information like with the power and the heart rate where I was like, oh, I actually saw it. And what I was trying to avoid, what I was trying to avoid, which made me worse, when I actually confronted it, it actually made me better because I actually saw it and I was like, oh, it's actually a reality. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't I just confront this before? But I was too scared because I thought if I saw the numbers, they would tell me something I didn't want to see. I thought I would see like 200 watts and I'd be like, I can't hold that. Like, or I thought I'd see 200 watts and I thought, oh man, I thought I was doing 280 or something. But yeah, when man. I actually looked at the numbers, I was like, wow, I actually can hold these numbers. And it's actually, it helped me. Yeah. So it's funny, man. It's, 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 it's funny because it's like, it links back to what you just said before about just being a little bit more relaxed about it. And the it's all about relax. Be absolutely yeah. relaxed, eh? That's the just, <laughs> if you take anything from the podcast, I just relax now. <laughs> well, I don't mate, stress about it, man. It's a perfect segue because the race that you've recently finished was anything but flipping relaxing because that was the most there unrelaxing was... race. <laughs> exactly. So this is such a good segue. You raced the Rhino Run Namibia 2750K. And after seven days, 20 hours, and four minutes, you won the race by an insane in, in, in the sport of ultra, an insanely narrow margin of 17 minutes. You were not fucking relaxed, mate. How did you do this? Mate, honestly, that was the hardest thing I've ever done. Like, I can imagine. I got roped into it by my friend. I was scaffolding. I was a scaffold laborer at the time, and my mate roped me into it. And I was basically lops. I was completely lopsided from carrying shit on my shoulder for like six months. And I was like, hadn't been riding. I had been doing like three hours a week on Zwift, just at like two in the morning before work. So no fitness, no fitness, other than just being able to carry shit all day. And um, <laughs> I said, okay, I'll do it. And he's like, it's off-road. And I was like, yeah, that's, I worked that out. And I, he's like, make sure, he said to me, make sure you train off-road. Make sure you ride gravel. Basically, I got the gravel right, but I never rode on gravel. <laughs> so I'm going to do a gravel race. You can imagine the fear. I'm going to do a gravel race. I never, I've done about maybe under 100 kilometers on gravel over four or five Amazing. months of training. So I get there. I'm in Africa. It's wild. I'm, I'm, now I'm having, you know, the, the typical pre-race mental breakdown. But in my head, I'm thinking, this is good. Have the mental breakdown now. Deal with it so when you're out there, you don't just get hit with all these emotions and freaks you out. Um, mm -hmm. And then I started the race. And um, basically, when I went across Australia, when I went across America, on the second time I did that 24-hour attempt, the flow was just unreal, man. Like, mm -hmm. when I was in America, the flow, everything was just, like, working out perfectly. You know, like, I'd slip into a town. And then after I got there, it's like the town would shut down. They're like, oh, he's here. He's got his food. We'll close up now, you know? Same yeah. thing in Australia. When I went to Africa, it was the complete opposite. Everything went wrong. From Number one, on day one, I, um, I was just overwhelmed with fear because, I, you know, I was hitting the gravel and I was like, I just got so scared, bro, because I was like, you're out there in the middle of nowhere. 
200Ks at a time on gravel. I had never really ridden gravel either. So my mind was freaking out. It It was throwing everything at me to stop. So I was dealing with this overwhelm. It was making me so anxious that after 30 hours, after about 30 hours, I pulled up to have a sleep. And I checked into this hotel. I was so anxious and so built up. I couldn't sleep. Right. I had a shower. I got on the, on the bed and I literally could not get one, one second of sleep. This is after 35 hours. So I called my, <laughs> I called my partner. I was crying yeah. and she was just breathing on the phone with me. And then it was like, all right, almost like, all right, suck it up, princess. Go put your clothes on and get the fuck out the door. So I was like, wow. Oh. So I did that. And you can imagine now I'm on my sec- going into my second night, no sleep, riding into the night, shitting my pants because I'm thinking, fuck, I don't even know my body, what's my body's going to do because you get really scared. You don't know how your body's going to respond. So anyway, I got through that patch and then I'm coming up now. So second night, no sleep, make it to the third day. Third night, I go to sleep again in this town. Same thing happens. I'm having like an anxiety attack when I try and sleep. Essentially, I'm having an anxiety attack. Couldn't sleep. So now I go into my third night, no sleep, same thing. It was a horror story, man. Absolute horror story. Wow. And it was only on that fourth night that um, I basically went mentally insane. Legitimately went, it's like I completely forgot everything about what was going on. I had to recalibrate because I I didn't know what was happening anymore, man. At like 2 a.m. in this night on the fourth night. I was completely lost off my bike, walking around, questioning what I'm doing. And then I kind of came to it and had a one hour nap on the side of the road. But that's just a taste of just, that's a taste of how, how kind of um, south it went really fast for me. Wow. <laughs> a little bit lost in way, way to question that, mate. That's just. Oh, there was so much. So, oh, and also, like, things were happening like that. And then I lost my phone and then. I had no, like, man, losing your phone in America, Australia, whatever, is, is fine. When you lose your phone in, in South Africa and you have no service, you don't know anything, you haven't slept for three days, you can't make any calls, you don't know where the next town is, you don't even know if it exists. You're in trouble. It's a whole nother level of anxiety, man. It wow. Literally, if every time you leave a town in a state like that, it's, it's like the town is this gravitational force trying to pull you back. Wow. Like you're leaving us. Like I remember that third night I couldn't sleep. I was leaving this town pretty much crying, climbing this hill, binge eating. And I'm going up this hill and it's like literally the town is like a black hole and it's like trying to suck me into it. Like, just come back, come back to me. It's not safe. It's like saying this to me. It's not safe. Come back. You're not going to make it. There. You're not going to yeah. make it. Don't, don't go out there. It's not safe. And I'm just thinking to my, you're on literally, you're on high alert. Mentally, you're on high alert. You're like, don't make a fucking decision, man. Just keep riding that bike. Do not respond. It's like you're having this conversation. You're like, do not engage. Do not. And you're just thinking, just keep going. Keep going till I can't see it. And you, I don't even look at it, man, because it was that intense. I was like, if I look uh, at this thing, I'll turn around. Unreal. Unreal. I want to circle back to what I said I would circle back to, mate, for the last few minutes that we've got here. You said that this is about peeling back the layers it's a journey of self-discovery and anyone that's listened to this show with decent focus not just whilst you've been driving the car and trying to cut someone else up you will know that this has been a show talk to us a little bit about that mate your personal like what are you are you searching for something is there 
is there a higher level of belief? I know at the moment you're you're in Sydney, you're on a you're on a meditation course, you're obviously mm. massively in tune with it mentally. What what's what's the story when when it comes to sort of getting inside and figuring out who you really are? I think to me uh, quite simply the writing is provided it's given me an opportunity. It's, it's kind of been like a quick course in a way for me to be able to just get a lot of time with my own mind, mm. you know? It's given me, a, and, and it's kind of given me this really kind of, you're with your own mind, there's no way out, deal with it. You're going to have to work out how to deal with it. And that kind of felt like life for me, but this was even more intense. It was like you're here for 250 hours, you're either going to deal with your own mind or you're going to get out. And I had recognised, I was like, there's no escaping this. I've got this mind, it's here. I'm experiencing my existence um, and I need to kind of find a way to alleviate the pain I've, I'm, I'm feeling mentally. Like uh, I feel like I'm a prisoner almost and dealing with all this kind of shit I didn't know how to navigate. So writing really gave me an opportunity to explore that um, and then go deeper with that every time. And even just really simple things about writing, like just simply learning the skill or learning, like, which I already knew, but writing really kind of um, highlights it, just the fact that you can keep going when you don't want to keep going. Mm. Like, it sounds really simple, but it's such a, it was so powerful for me at the time. Like, I knew I could ride. I could ride 24 hours and just someone, I could have thoughts of giving up for 24 hours straight, and writing gave me that power. I was like, oh, that doesn't matter. Mm. But, like, it's not a conceptual thing. I was like, I know it doesn't matter. I know you can still do well yeah. and have that the whole time. And that really just eliminated so much fear for me because I saw how it's just like clouds in the sky. Yeah. So they come in, they come out, they come in and it's a rainstorm. They come out, they go, they come in, they come in. And we, I, everyone knows that because it sounds kind of sexy in that, but yeah. to actually, to actually go out and apply that and live that under extreme intensity, yeah. it, it changed it it revolutionized my life so i think that's and then that's really building off that every time and just going deeper into that deeper into that deeper into that more focus more focus more focus going deeper into that it's just it's revealed um just how special we are as how powerful we are as human beings man to me especially just our minds and um it's just revealed to me the power of our own minds man if we if 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 you you overcome just just the daily normal mental bullshit yeah it's weird mate i guess what started out well it didn't it started out as a curiosity around how these guys were were so calm and the bike is just this diminishing size tool in this whole uh, journey mini. and it's just it's just a it's a tiny vehicle that's just transforming your life it's fucking huge, amazing. man. Huge. And I think what's great about it too is it's if I really, it doesn't have to be the bike and it doesn't have to be ultra. Ultra is yeah. a great. Yeah. Now I look, now I have a different perspective on it because ultra was a kind of like I had to get it from ultra. And I think anyone should, it's something you have to experience. I think it's cool to experience ultra at least once yeah. <laughs> yeah. just to, you know, and then maybe more than once because 90% of the time you do it once it's really difficult and you just kind of a mental case you want to overcome that and do better but yeah it's honestly it's with anything I think it's it's really kind of like now I look at it and just go 
it's just there's kind of certain conditions that give rise to it and it's literally just like picking something doing it for a long period of time yeah and that's it and then just keep going and then all of this just naturally comes out of it you know yeah. but yeah. it's just a it's it could be doing a marathon it could be doing a 5k it could be doing a 10k but it's like literally just like okay you want to do the 5k do the training do it frequently do it often and then strap yourself in for the ride and and everything you get to go on this sweet journey where you get to get the physical benefits of it and also you get to explore yourself mentally which i think is pretty um which is cool man Dude, amazing. I won't take any more of your time. This is no, pleasure. This is not the last time we talk, mate. 100%. <laughs> this is not the last time we talk. We could talk. go on forever, man. We, uh, we literally too... could go on forever here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be succinct for him. I'm trying to be succinct because I know we don't have a lot of time. No, but... mate. It's, uh, it's absolutely awesome, mate. Massive respect for what you've done. Massive respect for the way that you've just told that story over the last 45 minutes, dude. And we'll, uh, we'll talk again. We no, all the listeners pleasure, are like part two, part two. We'll get to part. Honestly, two. I don't mind, man. You, if they want it, we'll do it. But I'm. Yeah. Uh, it was a pleasure finally meeting you, man, and, and catching yeah. up. Awesome, mate. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the rest of your day. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, man. Enjoy, Cheers. man. Bye.